We're in this series called This Is What We Do. Today, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the blessing of generosity. Today, I want to talk to you about what does it actually mean to be a generous person, not just in December. Do you remember what we said when we started this series, This Is What We Do? At our churches, Daybreak and Renfrew will lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe that it's better to give than to receive. Friends, we're not going to say this anymore, that we're small, because when we say we're small, we minimize what God has already said about us. God says that we're mighty and we have all authority. Do you remember what I talked about last week? Don't worry, I forgot to. I asked all of us to consider giving $10 extra, a spontaneous kind of gift of $10, which honestly doesn't sound very much. See, when we follow Jesus, it's shocking to see how Jesus can do so much with so little. That's our job, friends. Our job is to respond to Jesus. Jesus' job is to multiply what we do. Because of what Jesus did, what he he did on the cross, we're going to lead the way with irrational generosity. As Jesus followers, this is what we do. It may not be what everyone does, but this is what we're going to do. It will be what we're known for in this network. Because, you see, we realize that giving and being generous are actually two different things. Everyone gives. But to live from a heart, a posture of irrational generosity, that is different than just giving. In fact, if you're taking notes, we want to say it this way. Giving and being generous are on the opposite ends. See, generosity is more than just giving something physical to someone. Most of us do not have millions of dollars. If you do, please talk to me. Uh, But we all wish we had millions of dollars. But just because we don't have millions of dollars doesn't mean that we can't be generous. Generosity at its heart is all about sacrifice. Yes, it costs us financially. It costs us our time. It costs us our efforts. It's giving something that you would have liked to have yourself. So generosity is giving good things, giving freely and giving abundantly. As Jesus followers, we want to grow beyond where so many people live today. And that mindset is what we talked about a few weeks ago, that scarcity mindset. Instead, we want to have an abundant heart full of faith for our good God who lavishes his love on us. If you were here with us the first week, let me talk to you about those cycles again because scarcity, we said, is a cycle. See, when we have a scarcity mindset, we actually function like this. We get something, we consume it, and then we spend everything. And then we feel that sense of lack. Then we get afraid, and then we start living paycheck to paycheck. The cycle continues. 
You might even say this, and I find myself saying this, I wish I could give more, but I can't. Friends, as Jesus followers, we don't have a scarcity mindset. We don't serve a scarcity God, we serve an abundant God. Then we said that abundance is actually a cycle. When God gives to us, we return the first 10% back to him. It's our act of worship. Because of his goodness, we give back to God. We believe here at Daybreak and at Renfrew that as Jesus followers, when we give, God opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings as we bless others. He always multiplies. And in return, our faith, our faith grows. And then what happens? We actually start to give more and more. And we have this cycle of abundance because we serve a very good and very powerful God. So friends, everyone gives. But not everyone is generous. What I want to talk to you today about is simply, as Jesus followers, how do we actually grow to become abundant givers? How do we reflect who God is? How do we bless others beyond ourselves? As a good preacher, there's always three points, so here's the very first one. Abundant givers always give spontaneously. Abundant givers always give spontaneously. We want to be known as a group of people who give spontaneously. There'll be a time where we see a need in someone else's life and we're going to think, you know what? I can meet that need. God has given me more than I need. I have the time. I have the resources. I have the ability. I wasn't even thinking about it. But I see that need And I'm honored and pleasured and excited to meet that need. Friends, sometimes we're the answer to someone's immediate need. That is why we actually stop and pray in our church services. Sometimes we're the answer to a prayer request that someone else has. But friends, and if I was really honest, this is the way most people give. Many of you have given this way for, for decades. An earthquake strikes in some other part of the world and you see families suffering and you think, what can we do? What can we give from here to meet that need? You weren't thinking about it. You just did it. you driving down the road and you see someone in need and there's a single parent at your office and they're not able to pay rent and you think, hey, maybe if we pool all of our friends together, we could figure something out. We give spontaneously. And this is an important way to give. That's why it's important for us actually to be people of soft hearts. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Luke chapter 10. We actually have a story that's familiar to us. We probably heard it in Sunday school. We see this scripture that spontaneous responses are actually a part of the way that we give. Just a few verses will come on the screen, so just listen, and then you'll see a verse that pops up on the screen. On one occasion... An expert in the law, a really smart guy, stood up to test Jesus. 
Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what's written in the law, Jesus said. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live abundantly. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Verse 30, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. They went away. They left him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, he poured oil and wine, then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. What did this guy do? He didn't wake up in the morning. The Samaritan didn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, today I'm going to do something. He was simply available. He was on call. He spontaneously saw a need and met it. Friends, I want to encourage you at daybreak and Renfrew when you see a need that you actually respond like Jesus did. You see, here at daybreak, we found out about a need right here in our church. And so we've adopted a family that we're going to bless this Christmas season. Friends, this is what we do. What I love about this is it's simply someone in the church who spontaneously obeyed and believed that God was calling us to respond. I want to encourage you, as Jesus followers, to give spontaneously. But please... Don't just give spontaneously. This is where most people stop. If we only give spontaneously, we'll be very limited in what we do to make a true difference. I want you to start there, but I don't want you to stop there. So we see a need, we meet a need, we're called to do that. This is giving spontaneously. But here's the second thing. As abundant givers, we're always going to give strategically. We give prayerfully and strategically. Generosity actually starts when we're strategic. Let me tell you right now that if you want to give more, you have to plan to give more. It becomes part of your heart, your values, your strategy. You can plan to give more. As Jesus followers, and we said this the last two weeks, the first 10% of what comes in, we strategically, prayerfully, and out of a heart of worship return to God through the church. Friends, I want to encourage you, we don't give last. We give first. 
We plan to put God first in every area of our life. This is one of those many areas we say, God, in my worship to you, I give first. It's not a give when I want to. (laughs) Give when I'm prompted to. That's not strategic. (laughs) It's a strategic, prayer-filled response to the generosity of God. And we do this as an act of worship. So here's my first challenge for you this morning. What's that going to look like for you in 2023? What's it going to look like for you in 2023? I love what it says in Isaiah 32, verse 8. It says this, But the noble, the wise, make wise plans. And by noble deeds, they stand. Here's what it says in the Living Bible, if you get hung up on the word noble, and that's confusing for you. Here's what it says. But good men will be generous to others and will be blessed by God for all they do. Generous people plan to do what is generous. And what does the Bible say? They stand firm in their generosity. They plan it. Most of us, what do we do when we, when it, what, what do we plan when it comes to our money? I'll talk about me. We plan to spend it. We plan to consume. We see something we want and we claim it. I'm going to get that new purse. It'll look really good for my friends at church. Oh, those shoes. I need those shoes. I can serve God so much better if I have those shoes. That phone. Man, I want that phone. I'm putting it on layaway. I need to get that phone. See, friends, in my heart, I plan to consume. But as Jesus followers, we're not called to be spiritual consumers. We're called to be spiritual contributors. Friends, we don't believe the church exists for us. We believe here at Daybreak and Renfrew that we are the church and we exist for the world. Instead of just planning to make a purchase, what if Jesus followers actually planned to, do a bi- to make a bigger difference in the world with giving? There's a guy that is in my circle of friends. And years ago, he started to talk to me about tithing. And he said this, that uh, he started with 10%. And then he felt like God was leading him every year to increase his giving by 1%. So 11%, the one year, then 12%, then 13%. My friend now gives 33% of his income to the church. Listen, that doesn't happen by accident. That's strategic. That does not happen just by fluke as you drove here this morning. Michelle is here with me in this service, my wife. She is crazy, passionate, generous. This is not just with her money, but also with her time. I feel at times I hold her back. She models generosity to me. See, generous generous people actually plan to do what is generous. That's what Jesus followers do. We plan to do what is generous. We still, we will stand firm in our generosity. We're not just going to give spontaneously. That's a great start, but we're also going to give strategically. And then the third one, we're going to give sacrificially. There's so many powerful examples of sacrificial giving. 
To me, there's none more powerful than the one that's found in Mark chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, go there. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place. Do you see Jesus? Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Verse 42, but a poor widow came and dropped in two very small copper coins, only worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Verse 44, they gave out of all their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, out of her lack, put in everything, all she had to live on. Friends, do you catch that? Jesus is sitting down opposite the place where the offerings were being put, and he's watching the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. That's almost creepy. He's sitting down watching what they're doing because what they do actually reflects what's in their heart. Jesus is is watching people put in the offering bucket. And Mark says this, that many, many rich people threw in large amounts of money. But here comes this poor widow. She drops in two small coins. He called his disciples together for a huddle, and Jesus said, and this is so powerful, truly, this person with lack, this woman who would be living off the scraps of other people, this poor widow has put more into into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty She put in everything, all that she had to live on. Now, it's interesting that Jesus watched. Don't get sidetracked with that. But here's the second thing. It's interesting that Jesus didn't stop her. I mean, if I'm the pastor on duty for that day, I'm probably like, no, 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 it's covered. The rich people have got it covered. You need to live off of those two pennies. What Jesus didn't do was rob her of the blessing of giving. And he celebrated her sacrificial gift. She was told that she gave more than anyone else. Friends, that's what we as Jesus followers do. I just want to ask you this. Here's the second thing this morning. When is the last time that you have received a massive blessing because you gave sacrificially. Now, I'm not talking about money coming back in your pocket. When is the last time that you gave in such a way that you felt it and you loved that you gave up something to be so massive of a blessing to someone else? That's what we do, friends. We're Jesus followers and we give spontaneously and we give sacrificially and we give strategically. I want to be clear for a minute. I'm going to ask you to be generous. As your pastor, I'm going to ask you to be generous. I'm going to ask you to radically 
uh, be generous to a church. I didn't say our church. I said a church. If you don't believe me in this, whatever, don't give, ever give here if you don't feel like giving here. Give somewhere. Find a church, the church for which Jesus died, the church for which he will return for, and plug into that local church. Be a tither. Give of your time, your resources, your money. Be a giver as a follower of Jesus in that local church, which is the hope of the world, and we know we can impact the world through the body of Christ. I've told you what we do. Let me tell you for a minute what we don't do. And I want to be really clear. We're never going to pass the offering plate multiple times. When I was a kid growing up, it would come by once, and if there was another need, sometimes it was passed three times. If we didn't give enough, they'd lock the door. Maybe we should do that. We're not going to beg for your money. There is more than enough in our churches. Listen, because you give strategically, we can give spontaneously as a church. When someone calls into the church and needs help, we can help quickly. But I want to ask you is, I simply ask you to give to expand the kingdom and to help people. That's it. Here's where we as a leadership want to get to. What if we just trust people to give and never do any kind of begging for money or any kind of formal ask? See, Renfrew and Daybreak, we have a benevolent fund that's active. Here at Daybreak, we have a ministry called Spins. We have a ministry called Food Box. We have Alpha. At Renfrew, we have the Spanish ministry. We have times where Sylvia runs to the grocery store to buy groceries for somebody whose immediate need is, I need some groceries. I want to tell you this without apology. Michelle and I will be great stewards of our personal finances. We'll have great integrity with them. And as leaders of this church, whether we're at Daybreak or Renfrew, we will personally lead the way with irrational generosity. We want to be massively generous in all we do. I will, as your pastor, inspire you to give. I'll inspire you to give because we truly believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. With God's help, we will wisefully, prayerfully steward the resources that God's given We are not in need. For you that attend Renfrew, this is the building expansion. We've talked about this for a while now. We are positioning ourselves to leave a legacy for the young children in our church, the jacks of the world. Renfrew is just a few steps ahead of you, Daybreak, in regards to our building, but Daybreak, that is coming too quickly. You see the community that used to be so far away from us. Now the community surrounds us. And we need to respond to our community by giving them a place that they can be proud of and use. But daybreak, before we dream about the future building, this year needs to be about paying off the debt that is remaining. See, we need to deal with the past before we look toward the future. Friends, 
We are in this network partnership of churches, not because we didn't have money. We are in a network because we believe that we need to steward our money where there is more than enough for the ministry needs inside and outside of our church. When you give, we use it to make a difference. We will give to churches. We will give to people in need. We will model to churches all over this province to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's what we do. It's evident that God is doing something significant among us. As churches, when we see God moving, we want to throw fuel on the fire to help that grow more and more and more. Friends, this is what we do. Because of what Jesus did for us, this is what we do. Because of that ultimate sacrifice, we are called to a similar sacrifice. The church of Jesus Christ, this is what we do. I have one question for you this morning. Are you a part of the we? See, a spontaneous gift can change the trajectory of the world. What do you think the church of Jesus Christ can do when we give strategically? And what do you think would happen if we actually started to give sacrificially? See, scarcity will always ask us this question, what can I afford? But abundance will always say, what do we have? In Ephesians, it says these powerful words. It's a great way to end this morning. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than what we could ever ask, think, or imagine, to his power be glorified in and through our churches, that his name would be known for generations to come. Friends, we have no idea what God can do when our churches rise up and say, because of what he did, this is what we do. Let me pray. Lord, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. As we sit on the end of 2022 and look forward to 2023, may we not be scared to look at our finances. May we be like the woman who simply brought two coins, everything she had, she gave out of her wealth. May that be indicative of who we are. Lord, we love you. What a great gift it is in the next few minutes to eat a meal together. We know that there's Christ followers around the world who would love to have the choices we're going to have in the next few minutes. You have blessed us. Thank you for Emily and her family that has sacrificed to help us with this meal. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.